You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and we are diving into a juicy topic today. Today's episode is all about how to overcome objections. Now, here's the thing. If you are in sales, you are going to face objections. It is just part of the territory. And it's something that as you learn these skills that I'm going to teach you today, you're just going to get more and more confident with how to help people when they have these objections coming up for themselves. So I have five steps that I always follow when it comes to overcoming objections. And this could be applied in any industry. Now, my experience has been in the fitness industry, and this can be applied in the beauty industry, or if you are, let's say you're selling a coffee or a tea, or it doesn't it really doesn't matter what the product is. These are the five core steps that you absolutely need to take whenever you are overcoming any type of objection. And what I've learned about overcoming objections is that the more that you know how to open, the less you will ever have to close. And I think where sales really gets a bad rap for itself is when people feel like they have to pressure people into joining them. And that's just really not what objection handling really is. To me, objection handling is really deeply understanding what is holding that person back and helping to remove those barriers so that that person can actually feel excited about the change they want to make and they can see it in a different frame of mind, right? Because if you think about it, there there's always many ways to look at a situation like one person, for example, let's just, I'm going to talk about moms for a sec. And let's say my daughter one day sleeps till 7.30. Well, for for one parent, that could be like, oh my gosh, I have so much time to get up before her and get a bunch of stuff done. That's amazing. To another parent, that could be like, oh my gosh, she didn't sleep in. I didn't get to, you know, I didn't get to have my sleep. And it could be more of a, a pessimistic point of view. So, Whenever you have a situation, the facts are there's no emotion with those facts. It's just this filter that we apply to it to decide is it good or is it bad. And I think that when it comes to helping people overcome objections, that's all you're really doing is you're helping to lift that filter and make sure that they're looking at it from the perspective that's actually going to move them forward with change in a positive way. Now, it's really important to only use these strategies for good, of course, right? Because the more that you learn about 
persuasion and about overcoming objections, obviously, you know, it's really important that we're leading people in the right way and not leading people to do things that aren't good for themselves, their families, etc. So integrity is absolutely needed with this. So without further ado, let's jump into the five things you need to do to overcome objections. So number one, I'm going to start with mantra. So what mantra really means is, I'm going to share a story with you guys. So when I worked in the fitness world, we'd often have these, I don't know, I guess you could call it like sort of call center type uh, team teams and team meetings. So you'd start your day off, you'd have a team meeting, and then you would get into calls and starting to reach out to all your prospects. And you could really always tell by the tone of that team meeting with how excited someone was to jump into their day, how successful they were going to be that day. So if they were only walking in with a couple appointments and you could tell in their voice like that it was like, you know, sort of a Debbie Downer sort of situation, like they just weren't going to be successful no matter no matter what. Like their mantra, their mindset, all those things play into every call that they put out there. And on the other hand, if you had somebody that was like over the moon, excited, almost like euphoric, um, and you know, maybe sounded a little bit like, whoa, you're a bit too excited. Like those were the people that were gonna get results every single time. Like that excitement carries in your voice. And when you think about it, like here's the difference with the type of sales when it comes to social selling is that we normally have a couple of different things. If you've ever watched the Wolf of Wall Street or are a fan at all of Jordan Belfort, which I am, like I'm there for it. I think Jordan Belfort is one of the most interesting people when it comes to teaching sales. He has a sales course. Now, of course, he's got a shady past with, if you've seen the Wolf of Wall Street, you know what that past looks like. But I think that where he came back after he was uh, out of jail, and he started he put together his like sales training i think that the guy knows a ton and you know after you know he served time and whatnot i think he came back with a lot a lot of integrity and what's interesting about what he talks about and teaches is that you have your tonality when you're in person right which is like the way i say something like you know i could say hey sue how are you or hey sue how are you there's a big difference in the way those two things sound. So tonality, we don't have unless we are in the social selling world using an audio message, which I'm kind of a fan of. Like, I like that because you can use your tone to build rapport and to just really set that mantra like that you're in a good mood, right? Like you're you're here for it, right? So you've got that. The other thing that helps build rapport are your words. So we all get to choose those. That's why it's so important to uh, become better and better with words and and scripts and things like that. That really plays into building rapport. And then you've also got your your body language. Now that's again something with social selling that you don't have unless you know they're going back to your feed. They're sort of checking you out and seeing what you're all about. That is a bit of building rapport, and that's why the feed is. It's not going to be the thing that you know necessarily people catch. Um, you catch the eye. And then they just buy from you, but it might be a fact checker. They may go back to your page and say, do I like this person? Do I trust them? That sort of thing. So those are the three things that will help you, you know, in the sense of talking to somebody, 
really establish those commonalities in that relationship. So where mantra comes into this is you've got to go in this like a 10 out of 10. Like you are getting, you know, we used to be, uh, you know, doing a lot of phone calls here. So it was like, you need to get on the phone and act like you're changing someone's life today because you are. If you can help them learn how to live a healthy lifestyle, get excited about this. So it's the same thing when you're getting into your messages. Like if you really want to change someone's life, you better believe that you can and that that is what your purpose is and that's what you're going into. So I love the idea of having a vision board or something in front of you that really helps you connect with your why, why you do what you do. Because the people that quit are the ones that lose that purpose. They don't really understand you know, the connection between the daily habits of what they're doing, they're posting on social, you know, their stories, all those sort of things, sending messages, they lose focus on why they're doing those things. And it just becomes a monotonous task versus actually feeling like I can change someone's life today because that will come across in your voice and in your words that you're using. So if you're just using Messenger, okay, it's maybe just your words. But if you have that audio component, that it can, it's going to come across in both, right? Your tonality and the words that you choose. So that is what mantra is. It's like before you jump into any sales-based activities, you need to get yourself to a 10 out of 10. And I mean, if that is putting on your favorite gangster rap song and like twerking around your living room, then do it. Like it really doesn't matter, but get yourself there first before you just jump in and start responding to messages. And don't do it while you're in bed, like <laughs> checking your phone in the morning or night. Like you really want to be 100% focused and in it to win it when you are doing these types of messages and sending those out. All right. The second step is to build commonality. So I talked earlier just about the ways that you can build commonalities, which is your... We talked about tonality, your word choice, and and body language, right? And we know that tonality may apply if you're sending audio messages and your words will obviously apply because that's how you're communicating. So when you're building commonalities, what that really means is that you're establishing that you have things in common with the other person. So this is where a little bit of homework is necessary. Like you got to scroll their feed, you got to see what they're up to. And it can't just be like, oh, like I see you have a daughter. Like it's got to be something a little bit deeper than that. Like it can be like, oh, I see your daughter is in grade three. So is mine. Like you have to find things that you have in common with that person. Now, when it comes to building commonality through your tonality, if you are talking to someone back and forth in audio, it's matching their tone. Like if they're really upbeat and talk fast, you want to do the same or vice versa. If they're slow, talk slow, have a low tone of voice, you want to match that. And then you want to, for the word component, how to build rapport there, it's all about using similar words that they use. So I mean, you could go scroll their posts and see what kind of things they post about and bring that into your conversation. Like that is a super ninja secret way to start talking their language and using the same words they do. That will really help you build rapport because you're speaking this, their same language. So it's all about finding things from their profile that you guys actually legitimately have in common. That could be maybe where they grew up, where they went to school, um, how old your kids are, what your husband does for a living. It can literally be anything in that realm. And you want to just talk about that and make sure that you're using like language to what they're using. 
So step number three of overcoming objections is getting their goals. And I think sometimes we may assume we know someone's goals, so we don't ask. And this is one of the biggest mistakes you could be making, especially when it comes to overcoming objections. So the thing about goals is that they are highly personal to each person. We may assume every single person we deal with wants to lose weight. The truth is that they may actually have a different goal. Maybe they want to get stronger. Maybe they want to increase their energy. Maybe like what they're describing to you means they want to lose weight, but maybe to them, it's like, I want to get my life back. I want to fit into my clothes from high school. Like there's so many things that people are working towards and there's so much power when you can actually get it in their words because language just means so much when it comes to driving our purpose and our passion behind what we're doing. And when you can start to use your ideal customer's language when you're speaking to them, it starts to hold a lot of weight. So if you found out about me that, let's just say I wanted to uh, you know, get back to my pre-pregnancy body and I was, you know, really been struggling with energy and fitting any sort of workouts in, like having a baby under a, a year old is bananas sometimes. It's really hard to break away and get a little bit of time. Um, all these bits of information would be so important. And you want to really dig into why. Like, why is it important to you to have that pre pregnancy body back? Like, what does that mean for you? How would that impact your family? How would you feel? Um, like, you want to really dig into the who, what, when, where, why around their goals because. It will just help you consistently provide the right solutions for them once you get to that piece of the conversation. And once you know their goals, you can actually pre-frame how you provide a solution. So I'm going to get into you know step number four in a sec, which is provide a plan. But every piece of your providing that plan should be customized to that person. So if you don't lay the foundation and get their goals, then you're not going to be able to really provide a great plan that's going to feel really good for them. This is, I think, where a lot of coaches can come off as salesy because they don't uh, build commonality, they don't get any goals, and they just start trying to sell you something. So if you've ever gotten a message that's like, oh, hey, I don't know you that well, but you should join my lucky coffee club or whatever. And someone's like trying to sell you some like magical mushroom coffee, not saying that some of those magical mushroom coffees aren't magical, but just saying that that not even finding anything out about me or the fact that like I may be interested in your product or have a challenge I'm struggling with that your product may solve it leads us down a salesy sales road. And that is where we need to back it up, build the commonality, get their goals, find out what they're working towards. Then it lays the framework for you being able to actually open the conversation up to provide a solution. So we've got step number one as a recap is all about your mantra. Number two, build commonalities. Number three, get their goals and find out what's been holding them back from achieving that goal in the past. Uh, number four is to provide a plan. So now that you've gathered all that information, it's like you want to 
repeat back what you've heard when you're providing the plan. So if someone's told you they don't have a lot of time and they have really picky kids when it comes to eating and that their workouts need to be fun or they won't do them, then you need to build all that into your plan when you are making a recommendation. So I want you to think of it this way. It's like you are the doctor in a doctor's office where someone has come in, they've told you what's going on, and you're going to write them a perfect prescription for what is going to help them get the desired effect that they want. So that means that if they've told you that they don't have time, when you're providing that plan, you're going to say, okay. So this is the program I would definitely recommend for you because you're someone that you that you had... Uh, because you shared with me earlier that you don't have a lot of time, this plan is actually only 20 minutes when you do go to do your workout. So that's going to work so well for your schedule. Perfect for those that have kids like you do. And that's going to make sure that you get that confidence every day of getting that workout in. The second thing you've told me is that your kids are a bit picky. So that's what I love about the uh, container program that we have. Um, because it allows you to still eat what your family's eating, but you could just put more, you know, more vegetables on your plate. You can put more protein on your plate. Like you can measure it all out. And it's really easy to work with a family that has different needs. So you can see what I'm doing here. Like I'm I'm able to take what they've told me and put it through a filter of why this plan that I'm gonna recommend is so great for their lifestyle. And no one's going to be able to deny that, right? After they've shared all this great information, like it's just natural that when you hear it said back to you, then that is naturally something you're going to feel inclined to say yes to. So when it comes to commonalities, goals, providing the plan, the goals is where if you find that you are facing objections consistently, like if people, if you're not digging deep enough into goals, you're not going to provide a proper solution. If people aren't sharing a lot of information with you at that goal level, you're not building enough rapport. So it's like, if you don't do the step before well enough, you won't be able to progress to the next level. So after we've provided that amazing plan, we're next going to move to ask for the commitment. This is something that 60% of people do not do. And that just means you've done all this work to get to know this person, listen to what they're uh, struggling with or what challenges they may have. You provided a plan, but then you're not asking them to actually join you and work with you. And I always love the option close here, like provide them with two different options. That just gives them the feeling of, I get to make a choice, which is really important in the sales process. So asking them which one of these options is best for you, this one or this one. So maybe you have one option is your, let's just say you're a coach, like it's your coaching, plus you get the, you know, some supplements on top of it, but because based on what they've told you, those are some of the gaps they need to fill. Or maybe it is, you know, if you sell beauty products, maybe one option is like the basic skincare routine. The other one is like add the mascara and add the blush or whatever it may be that they've um, told you earlier, you know, that they're looking for in their typical look. But you want to provide two different options. Maybe, you know, if you have a downline you're building, maybe that is one of your second options is get started with a discount. Like it can be any of those 
options, whatever you want to sell the most of, those should be your two options. And that is the way that you want to ask for commitment. I always love to tell people too that I would be so uh, thrilled to work with them and that, you know, this has to be true. You can't just say this to everyone like, oh, I see a lot of myself in you, but because you want to be authentic about it, right? Like you don't want to come across as someone that's just super salesy that says that to everyone. But when I do feel like people have a lot of potential and I really, really want to work with them and help them, like I will express that. I have had situations before where I wanted to train with somebody and they didn't ask me to become a client. And I really felt like it was sort of a personal hit to my own ego that like, what, am I not fit enough? Like, am I not good enough to work with you? Like, it's interesting being on the other side of it. So it's just something to consider that you always, always, always want to ask for the commitment. So just as a recap, step number one is to get your mantra right. Number two, build commonalities. Three is to get their goals. Four is to provide a plan. And five is to ask for the commitment. So guys, I promise you, if you do these five things in that very order, you will see your closing rate skyrocket. And I would love to know more about what other challenges you may be facing, because once you nail this, then it's like, then you can start moving on to some other areas in your business that you're just, you're going to be able to get so much lift if you aren't focusing on just overcoming objections. Overcoming objections is just one of those things that you have not set up the conversation correctly earlier on. It's not that you have to like really build this skill to like convince people to do something they don't want to do. You're just framing it in a way that you're actually serving them not trying to sell to them. If you're really serving someone, then you actually have the intention to help them. Maybe you're not the right person to help them. And it's all about being completely honest about what you can do and what you can't do. And if you do that, you'll always feel you'll always feel integral in your business and you'll always be super authentic, which is so important when it comes to social selling. So thank you guys so much for listening today. It's been an absolute pleasure to bring you this episode and we'll see you next time on Social Selling Simplified. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.